it's not even that hard. You no. Know, you say hi, smile, shake a hand, give some head, you're good. You <laughs> yep. Know? Yep. Giving head goes a long ways, guys. It does. Guys and girls. Yeah, it does. Not for me, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Consensually this time. Um, uh, that's why I'm not with the church anymore. Um, the church? The church. We just call it the church. Sounds more like the cult. <laughs> it was a church's parking lot. This episode of Unloading Me is not brought to you by your favorite mobile banking app such as Cash App. Man, I love using Cash App. Especially when I'm doing things other than buying drugs. Cash app. All right, guys. New episode of Unloading Meat. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you guys make sure to like, share, subscribe. You know, everything this fat ass always tells you every fucking episode. It's past the 30-second mark. I can say fucking. Um, Speaking of fucking, this next guest, I've heard maybe he likes to do a little bit of dark material, maybe a little edgy material. I don't know. We're going to get into that. Please welcome Connor. Bro, what's up, Connor? Hey, man, how are you? Well, I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm drinking my monster. I'm trying to wake up a little bit more. Uh, you waking up at six thirty p.m. It's that Zequel, baby. Oh, <laughs> That'll get you. Yeah, get me that. We call that the redneck lean. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. It's either meth or Zequel. Everybody's fucking on something down in Oklahoma. That's the same thing. Facts. Facts. As I, you know, my sweet titties things up there. Uh, how you been, man? I'm pretty great. I can't complain at all. Uh, show after show after show. So Yeah, man. You guys were just at, what, Go a couple weeks ago, weren't you? Or right. what was your last show? Um, I had the comedy trivia show. Okay. And then before that, I had the dark comedy show with uh, David, Brittany, Missy, JB, Nice, and, and uh, we sold out the entire place. Nice. Uh, I think a hundred, all like a hundred people came, and so we all we all had a really nice set. We all murdered. Uh, Katie Styles had people stomping the floor for her; <laughs> like she was killing in there. I love that. Uh, I love that. Like we can like there's people and there's places that'll showcase all different types of of humor, mm-hmm. like not just the clean stuff, not just you know any kind of you know political humor or anything like that there's dark places for dark humor there's places for all type of humor especially in Tulsa now we're seeing a lot more venues being more open to just seeing the craft right um whereas like you know like I think I've talked on the podcast before I tried like 15 years ago and I'm like you know not throwing shade or anything like that, but at a time there was only Looney Bin now in like 2023 there's so many different venues that are popping up that are trying to help support this venue this place or this you know this passion that we have it's kind of nice seeing people being able to be like hey just go out there and do your thing yeah, and props to you guys for selling the fuck out of it. Like that's awesome. I'll, I'll say it's really uh, David on that one. David sold the hell out of that one. He he was promoting it using his own money and everything. Shout out David Craig Bates. Absolutely. So I need you on the podcast, buddy. Come on, come on. We're gonna get you booked. We just have scheduling conflicts. I mean, when things happen, it's okay. I'm uh, sure you'll get Mole Man up here someday. <laughs> um, speaking of, uh, you mentioned JB. He'll be on the episode coming out this Monday. Like. Like he's on there. Um, I've already had Katie Style on here. Missy, of course. Right. Uh, you got a good group of people in that, that collection you just mentioned. Yeah, and they're probably some of my uh, closest friends in the comedy scene. So nice, man. How long have you been in the scene? 
Uh, it's like right after COVID, I think uh, 2020, okay, right around there. What was your like? Where did you start? Like, what was your first set? Like, what open uh, mic somewhere or just like? Uh, uh, Reds. It was at Reds. I used to go there just to grab a drink because I really thought the bartender was hot, <laughs> and uh, I would always flirt with her a little bit. Uh, and then I saw an open mic poster, and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Yeah. And I was like, "Man, I'm going to be 30 soon. I should probably overcome my fear of public speaking." And so that's how I got into comedy. Okay. It's just to get over my fear of public speaking. And But I knew I was going to write dark stuff because my first question, I think, to uh, Zach Amon, because he was the one there, I go, how dark can we be? And he goes, just say whatever you want. Yeah. I was like, okay. And then I went up there and I tried to tell my darker jokes and they don't work so well when your voice is shaking. <laughs> yeah. Confidence goes a big way. Yeah. And you're trying not to black out. Jokes usually go over better when that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the feeling of actually belonging on stage goes a long way. Absolutely, really getting the material out, especially if you're doing the dark shit. Uh, I don't know if you've heard any of my material or you've heard, you've seen. I don't know if we've actually like seen each other go up or anything like that. I don't uh, know if you've seen my stuff or I, I've seen you. I've seen you go up once or twice, but I haven't seen you a lot. I I've been really busy yeah. lately. So plus we also, I mean, we're all in our own bubble. Yeah. So it's like it's hard to always say like, yeah, I saw your set and I saw this set because like we see like. Hundreds of comedians are, you know, we see each hundreds of faces as we're going to all these places. So sometimes it kind of blurs together a lot of times, too, uh, unfortunately. Plus, alcohol and drinks and weed are usually involved. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> tough when someone's like, hey, do you like my set? Which was your favorite joke? And I'm yeah. just like, you're the 14th person that's went up tonight. Yeah. I don't remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fucking, uh, I did a set, I did a show uh, at Baby Roots last night, and Andrew Live was doing it. And I got off stage. Literally walked off stage and I'm talking to the bartender and Andrew Live comes up. He's like, "Man, I loved your jokes about um about Epstein." I was like, "I didn't do an Epstein joke." He goes, <laughs> "No, no, you totally did an Epstein joke." And I was like, "No, I think that was Nick Danks right before me." Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. And I was like, "I literally just walked off stage. Like, I just got done." <laughs> that, he he. That that means he did not listen to anything you said. <laughs> he was still stuck on that joke. He goes, "I ha I must compliment." <laughs> <laughs> One track mind. So thank you for driving to Bartlesville for here. Um, I'm super appreciative of everybody that drives out here for this. Yeah. I mean, we talked off camera, people canceling before on this, and so I'm kind of gun shy about that sometimes. But like, I'm appreciative of people seeing that, you know, doing that drive because also I do that two to three times a week with these open mics. Like I'm hitting that multiple times a week, yeah. uh, whether it be for hosting or doing the open mics. I'm trying to put in my reps, and when I see. That, uh, what I was getting at is, like, when I go to these open mics when I'm already driving an hour, I take them seriously. We're like, like I don't know. Yes, it's a gym. Yes, I'm doing there to, you know, work out material. But I'm not going to go out there and just half-ass it because I've already driven an hour. I'm there to fucking, you know, do my rep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what I'm getting at is, like, there's been some times where I've seen comics. I'm not going to name names or anything like that. But there's some comics where, like, eh, I'm not going to try tonight. Or, like, they, they basically, like, wasted the, the, the sign-up spot. Yeah. I can't stand that shit. I fucking can't oh. stand that shit. It drives me fucking up a wall. 100%. It's just, it's I also feel like the people that do the same sets. Yes. That they already know either is bad or good. Yeah. And they just keep doing it week after week. I'm like, I get what you're trying to do. Yeah. But once you know what's good, once you have a paid gig for it and everyone's like that's funny. Yeah. Come up with new stuff for an open mic. That's what they're there for. Yeah. And then they just I I have trouble going to open mics and just using the same jokes that I already know. Same. Good or bad. If I change a joke, then open mics are fine. Well, and like my, I don't know, like I'm still, I'm not having any ego on it. I'm still very new to this scene and everything like that. I, I try to have no ego on my shit at all. Um, 
but I've really tried to change my perception of what an open mic was and go back to just, it's just a gym. It's just a place to work out my yeah. shit. Not so much that I, I never half ass my material for, material or take, don't take it seriously. Cause like I said, I'm driving to that place for an hour. I'm going to take it seriously. Yeah. But I also don't put so much pressure on it. I have to be perfect or it has to be like a great five minutes, like the perfect set because it's just a fucking open mic. Right. Um, and kind of finding that middle room for me allowed me to be like, okay, have fun again. And that's the thing where I think I lost for a bit was just like, I forgot to have fun up on stage. I was taking it way too seriously. And I think that translated to where like, if I don't know if I'm not having fun, the audience isn't going to have as much fun. Yeah. They can, they reflect what you're doing up yeah. there. They can see if you're not having a good time, they're not going to yeah. have a good time either. Yeah. And, and I was, uh, you know, you get lost in your wordage and your verbiage sometimes like that. You get it. You make it too wordy. Um, I don't know. I'm still learning that a little bit, but yeah, just going up there and having more fun has led me to more success lately. Just going up there and just laughing and having fun and just laughing on my own jokes a little bit. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be the guy that's laughing at all your shit, but I don't know. I'm trying to be more energetic and I say two things now to myself and I've said this on the podcast before. I do, I do two things. Like before I go up on stage, I'm like, take them on a roller coaster ride of energy mm-hmm. and have fun and always have a smile. Like yeah. if I, if I'm trying, I'm smiling during my set I'm probably going to have a better set. And that just comes back from my days. I'm just fucking back to my old, like, T-Mobile fucking training and shit. Like, you know, you're doing customer service, do it with a smile and all that shit. Like, that shit kind of works. Yeah. Uh, smile <laughs> can be contagious. Yeah. Um, Even when we're in fucking open mics and we're done with their sets, I like to go sit down and look in the crowd and just be in laughter and just, you know, join in the laughter and stuff and help out the people that are doing the open mics. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, like yeah, I don't like the people that do do their set and just leave. Yes. And they, they're like, I'm too great for these other people. I don't need to stay for anyone. Yeah. And they just leave or they complain about everyone else afterwards. I'm like, why even come out? Or the people that, like, I never want to be the jaded comedian at an open mic. I never want to be the guy that's like, I'm not going to fucking laugh at that because I don't know that guy and he's too new to the scene. There's, there's been there's that. A, there's a few people like that. Yes. And I never want to be that place. Like, that. Ugh, that just that's like why you're there for the wrong reasons like i don't know like, i always want to be supportive uh yeah you can be supportive I'll, i mean i'll say there's maybe t- two or three people that i don't care what they say i do not like them yeah but i because i personally know them yeah not because they're new is i'm just like yeah you're not you're not gonna be funny today for yeah. me <laughs> it's not yeah. gonna happen yeah and like i don't know like there's a difference between like not liking somebody and also be just staying professional in a place or anything like that i mean yeah, yeah like all of us were fucking adults and then, like, at the end of the day, I don't need the high school clicky shit. Like, I'm this is a business for me. Like, this isn't something, like, an art I'm trying to get better at, a craft. Like, I'm taking stand-up seriously, podcasting seriously. Like, I don't know. I don't have time to worry about he said, she said bullshit or, like, drama or anything like that. I just want to keep getting better. Yeah. And I want to keep getting booked. And I want to, you know, that's, that's it. That's all I care about. <laughs> yeah, that's the most important stuff. Yeah, and, um, like, not being an asshole along the way. That's literally just it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even that hard. You no. Just, you just say hi, smile, shake a hand, give some head, you're good. You <laughs> yep, know? yep. Giving head goes a long ways, guys. It does. Guys and girls. Yeah, it does. Not for me, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Consensually this time. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck man <laughs> he legally has to say that yeah <laughs> uh that's why i'm not with the church anymore um the church the church we just call it the church sounds more like the cult <laughs> it was a church's parking lot no just kidding <laughs> stay away from pastors no youth pastors church's chicken 
<laughs> oh, a church's chicken. <laughs> I don't know. That might be consensual just being at a church's chicken. Like, if you go there, you're like consenting to <laughs> stuff going down. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Should have gone to Popeyes. <laughs> Grandpa's going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> Love that chicken at Popeyes. I don't know. It's a problem. Yeah, I'm gonna get fucking sued for that. I need to copyright strike that. <laughs> you uh, could sponsor Popeyes. Yeah. yeah. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what so far has been like probably like your your proudest moment so far in comedy? Proudest moment I think would be uh was it last month? Or maybe the month before. I had like five shows just and like one was in Stillwater. Two were at this place and one at that place, so on and so forth. And like, I, it seemed like everyone kind of wanted to book me, and that was just really, really cool. I've never been booked that much before. Yeah. Uh, so I'd say like that was the highlight so far, Being and a- and to have like the dark show, to have it sold out, and for everyone to laugh and like, yeah, that was amazing. Just to have the whole crowd on your side. Yeah. It's pretty nice. So you bring up the dark show. We brought up. We kind of hinted around at your material. Go ahead and describe for my viewers. Like, what? How would you describe your humor? It's definitely uh, dark and shocking humor. Okay. Uh, I don't try to be mean. I don't try to offend anyone. Yeah. But my stuff is usually somewhat dark or twisted. Okay. Is it more coming out of like catch him off guard kind of stuff? Like uh, you know, with the punchline, you know, sh- like a shock punchline kind of thing, or I like the shock punch. Yeah, definitely like the shock punch because, uh, I mean, who doesn't like that? Yeah. Everyone, like, th- when you get scared, it's a shock. It's never just, like, you know it's coming. Yeah. And I think of that for comedy. Like, you can't see it coming. You don't know where I'm going to go. Yeah. I go right, left, zigzag, in you, out you, whatever. Yeah. And. <laughs> in you, out you. <laughs> and like my teenagers. Uh, um, that's why, like, if half the crowd laughs and the other half goes, oh, perfect. Yep. I eat that shit up. Yeah, because even that groan is infectious and contagious, and it's a it's a response. Yeah. Um, I equate all the time my stand up and just stand up and comedy a lot to pro wrestling. I see a lot of similarities between the two, and I also talk about how like I kind of push my stand up career and how I'm like getting everything with my brand and all like that. The same way like a pro wrestler would be on the indie circuit. Okay. How like they get a brand, they get logos, they try to sell their merch, they try to get their their name and their brand over. And a lot of times they're going to just these different towns for like a hot dog and a handshake, just trying to make the, you know, just trying to make the, 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 what do you call it? The deals and just make the, uh, what we talk about, just the connections. Yeah. And I see a lot of similarities between stand up and comics on the road, just trying to make those connections. And it's very similar on those different paths. And I also see things like theatrics, like you talked about, like shock does a vi- like an actual response like even if like they don't like it there's something subconscious that happens to like shock humor and stuff like that that we just our bodies are just you know we naturally do yeah. um i equate it to like you see wrestling and they have blood yeah and some people are like wwe are like oh we outlaw blood and then there's some wrestlers that were like no we want blood back mm-hmm. because like if you see a wrestler even if you know it's staged or it's like they cut their rune on purpose or they gig themselves on purpose yeah. there's a psychological thing that happens to us visually seeing somebody bleed that even if you know it's fake or storyline it makes us react and the same thing with like a shock joke or like you know that's why howard stern i thought got over so well for so many years is like you know what is he gonna say next that kind of stuff like that release we get in our minds 
I don't know. I'm going on a tangent with this shit. I took I smoked some weed on this too, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I think there's something there to that. Yeah, I think there's something that's more than just the comedy. I think there's something subconscious to that that I don't know is not just relatable, but like I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. You get what I'm saying? Uh, well, I also think part of it is like I also I feel like I'm I'm the smartest person in that room. Okay. So no one knows what I'm gonna say. Yeah. I'm the only one that knows, and all you guys are idiots. And thank you for laughing at my jokes. Have a good night. It's pretty much how that goes. So I think that's also fun. Yeah. Because you're just you're I'm you're definitely leading them. A yes. good I think any good comedian leads your audience where you want them to go. Yeah. And so that's why my jokes aren't just random when I do a set. It I plan each and every joke, the in betweens, the little little things I might say. Yeah. I plan all of that to the T before yeah. I do anything. Because it's not always the content. It's how you present it as well. Absolutely. Um, the performance is just as important. Yeah. Um, and getting back to like the wrestling thing I was getting at was like a lot of the best comedian, best wrestlers say it's just their regular persona just turned up to 11. Mm. Their regular, you know, who they are just turned up, you know, turned up the volume a little bit. Yeah. And I kind of feel that with a lot of comedians, too, is like you're just talking about your everyday stuff or you're just talking about what you're related to yourself. But you're just kind of cranking up the energy. A bit. Yeah. Funny enough, my sister brought her friend out mm -hmm. to come see a show. And her friend, my this woman is like 38. Yeah. So she's she's an adult. Yeah. And she heard my set and a couple other people's sets. And after the show, she's like, Connor, is all that stuff true? I'm like, no. I, no, I, I did not save my school from a shooting by dropping out. That is not Spoiler true. alert. Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, I thought everything comedians said were true. It was just like in a funny way. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld didn't do half the stuff he says. No. Uh, yeah. And she was just blown away by it. Yeah. Like, <sighs> it's like the suspension of disbelief. You got to have a little bit of it. And then also, it's just like you know the the, the Hollywood magic of it, and the you know just the good of the story. Yeah. <laughs> the absurdity almost. Yeah. 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 Um, of course. Yeah. You just hit the nail on the head. Yeah. The absurdity of it. Um, so like who was some of your biggest influences? I mean, as everyone has called me, Anthony Jeselnik okay. was a big one. Um I didn't even think about doing comedy at all until I saw his stand up on Netflix and I was like, Oh, I could do that. Yeah. Because I'm not a great storyteller like uh a lot of the other comedians can be. Like I said, uh Jerry, George Carlin, uh, they can tell some really good long stories. And that's just not who I am. Yeah. But when I saw the short, darker jokes, I'm like, oh, my, my heart right there. Yeah. Uh, but George Carlin also is a big influence. He does some really good stuff. I, uh, he's a great guy. Um, there's a there's another peop, uh, person or two that I'm forgetting that I really like. But uh, yeah, def definitely Anthony. Okay. Um, I also like Taylor Thomason. I think Taylor Thomason's really good. Good pick. Good pick. She's hilarious. And she she does more stories, but she also do, she dwells into the darkness. Uh, yeah. I think it's Sam Morrill also does some dark stuff. I like him. So yeah, I I follow them and just kind of watch them. I'm like, oh, I, sh I wish I would have wrote that joke, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Me, me. I mean, my all time my favorite is David Tell. David, uh, David Tell, Skanks for the Memories. That album changed my life. I fucking found his his comedy album in high school. Or middle school, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is fucking amazing!" And it still holds up. His album is great, yeah, um, just fantastic. And just I don't know, I love even back then, like his crowd working ability and just the way he just flowed. 
just very conversational. Um, very relatable is what I found. I, I don't know. I like that. Like, uh, I like that style where it's not necessarily story driven, not storytelling, but you could tell there's a little bit of a plot to it overall. Um, but it's more loose and it kind of inter as you study it, you start to see how well crafted it is like almost like a Chappelle or something like that where like it almost comes off like a free flow conversation or like it's off the top of their head. But you know, if you actually study it, how well crafted and how well written and time playing that out it yeah. is. And that's almost an art to itself is to make it feel easy. Well, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. If you don't go up there and use your phone. No, they're, these people on Netflix aren't getting deals to go use their phone on stage. Or <laughs> no, no, like, no. They remember the hour, hour and a half set that yeah. they have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just the way that like it just it flowed to be inner going in and out of like working with the crowd, you know, getting over their expectation. Like he has one with uh my favorite one of setting or luring in a crowd. He does one where he's like, ladies, is it really the size of a man's penis that matters? And like a whole bunch of women go, yeah. And he goes, well, the whores have spoken. <laughs> and it's just, just immediately just shuts them up. And I was just like, yes. Like, it's just, it's so small, the thing. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. And I love it. But just, he would weave those in without just his natural stuff. And, you know, there's times where, you know, I don't know. Like we talked about it, um, you talked about your set earlier. I was just going to go back to like open mic. I, the worst thing I could see is a person give up control, even if they have the mic. Yeah. Like if you're going to crowd work or if you're going to do something with the audience, I hate watching people that don't know how to keep control. And maybe that just comes back from my years of just being, I did a lot of public speaking. Like I worked in cell phones. So I worked at T-Mobile, AT&T, you know, I had to give presentations like once a week and stuff like that. And I'm also like retail talking to customers and stuff like that. So just naturally I like to let them talk. And I don't know that, was an easier part for me than uh i don't know i just i, I see people like give up control sometimes and, like, it's like the worst possible thing I'm like oh god why'd you do that like oh god no one's steering the fucking ship oh man oh fuck or the people that just let the fucking people just start like ranting at a club or something like that like you know the audience just starts audience participation goes all overload right uh there are some people that can do it like uh dakota six killer mm -hmm. he's a great yeah work my word um Sapedic is usually really good too uh, but that is a big skill to have. Yeah, like not you can't just do that. Not no. everyone can just riff like they can. Yeah, and he still had a control. Like yeah, and they have full control, even when like someone doesn't respond how they want. They just they're just like, "Fuck you!" And yeah. you know they just. But it's smooth. It's not actually mean or anything. They yeah. just go with it. Like I'm giving you your moment, but it's timed, and I still have control at all times. Yeah, and that's a skill you have to master, and it's not something like you said you can just do. Yeah. And that I'd say open mic is a good time to practice that because yeah. you're supposed to be practicing something new. Yeah. So, but yeah, a lot of people lose, especially new ones. Yeah. That they're like, oh, I'm going to do all this crowd work. I've seen XYZ do this. Yeah. And they, they're like, you, sir, what did you do today? And then they say something and the person is kind of like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then you also have the people that, like, I, I, to me... There's also those like you know people that hate like the Matt Rife or like the people that hate right now the the crowd work comics or they hate it. Yeah. To me, crowd working is just another tool in the tool bag, and it's like okay, eventually it's just a thing you have to get good at, and you have to do you have to do, be good at every certain part of it. It's a performance. It's yeah. performance art, and I'm never gonna shit on anybody that's good at something and it's getting views. And also, crowd work's not gonna eat up my material when you're putting it online. Right. Yeah. Uh, Matt Rife just did a whole red flag special that was all crowd work. There was no pre-planned stuff. Yeah. 
And I'm like, man, he could do this every week yeah. of his life and have a million specials out. Yeah. Because that's how easy crowd work is for someone that can think that fast. Yeah. But also, like, the people that shit on him, they're like, oh, that's not real comedy. Like, or he's not a real comedian. I'm like, bullshit. I'm like, he's perfected what he's good at. And, he, like, he got a following on it. And also, they're like, there's old photos of him outside of, like, the, like, the comedy store and stuff. And he's watching, like, Eliza Schlesinger and stuff as a teen. I'm like, who the fuck is, like, a casual fan of Eliza Schlesinger? You know what I mean? Like, not, not shitting on her at all. She's fantastic. I'm just saying, like, a, a comedy novice wouldn't possibly know that or just be there on a random Wednesday watching Eliza. Right. You well, know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. a fan. He's an actual, like, a connoisseur of comedy, and he, like, he worked it hard on it. And, like, I'm never going to bash anybody's work ethic or people doing work, good work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Doing hard work, even if it's not my cup of tea. Uh, that's just shitty. That's just ego getting involved. You know what I mean? That's jealousy. Yeah. Like he's, I know he's been doing it for like 10 or 11, maybe 12 years or yeah. something. He's been doing comedy for, for a long time and yeah. he's not that old. No. Uh, my favorite thing to see are the, I don't know, you're, the girl or guy from high school that thought they could do comedy. They had like two good sets. They found other people that had two or three good sets. They're like, we're going to go on tour. Yeah. And they go tour around their state or whatever. And yeah. there's, okay. What are you doing? Yeah. And they and then they quit comedy. They never do it again. Because <laughs> guess what? No one laughed at anything they said after that. Yeah. Because they go outside of Oklahoma and nobody knows what the Brahms references are. Because <laughs> they can't invite their family. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, my dad, mom, and my 500 cousins all came and they thought it was funny. Yeah. And the church newsletter. Yeah. The church newsletter. <laughs> the yeah. local, local VFW. Yeah. All my baby mamas came out. Whatever. All 17 of them. <laughs> oh. You didn't know you were talking to Nick Cannon? <laughs> did you see the little short that Nick Cannon came out with? Uh-uh. Someone did a little comedy short with him about how he has to visit all his kids. And he goes to one a baby mama. And that, that guy must have some game because that girl was gorgeous. And she's like, here's your child. He you know, kind of spins the child around, hugs him like, oh, I'm so glad I could see you. Here you go. And then he goes to the next house. <laughs> and a different baby mama. <laughs> I always think of it now as it's going to be like the end of Walk Hard. Did you ever watch that movie? Walk Hard. Walk Hard with the Dewey Cox story. It was, I don't think so. It's a parody movie. It has John C. Riley, and it's a musical. It's kind of like a uh, – remember Walk the Line, like the Johnny Cash movie? Yeah. It's a parody of that, and it's John C. Riley. It's the people that made like Anchorman and stuff like that. Yeah. Really good movie. It's actually a – people shed on or slept on it. It's really good. And the soundtrack's phenomenal. All original songs, like Jack White is fucking Elvis Presley. Like huh? – and it's like a fictional singer going through his whole life, telling his like autobiography through his story, and it's comical. Mm. And he fathers like a hundred and something kids throughout the years. And at the end of the movie, he he reconnects with all of his kids, and it's just a montage of him playing ball. And every time he throws the ball, he's getting older and older, and it's a different kid, and it's like different nationalities and everything. <laughs> oh my word! I don't know. I don't honestly don't know how celebrities don't have 50 to 100 kids. Yeah. You know Mick Jagger slept with everyone's mom. Yeah. Your mom, every, whoever's watching, he slept with your mom. Yeah. Unless she's ugly. Then he just did butt stuff. I'm just going to say that they invented male birth control mail and give it a special status. It's like that special app that you get that's kind of like Tinder for celebrity status. Yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> You'd have to verify yourself. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm Ben Affleck. Uh, I think you're attractive. No, you're not. I I was Batman, you know. Like, wait, your name's not you? Jennifer. Yeah, <laughs> who, I only date Jennifers. <laughs> <laughs> but who who's ever gonna believe that they're going on a date with a celebrity? Like for real. Yeah. Because you'd have to sign 
you have to sign things when you go on dates with them and have sex with them and everything. Yeah. Uh, fuck, and then you get gift basket afterwards. It's, I always imagine it's like Iron Man 1 whenever that chick wakes up in the bedroom and like Pepper's there with her like dry cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> like, here you go. He's already left. Probably. You're excused. Yeah. Slut. <laughs> I would assume that too, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we need more movies like that. Dude, Iron Man 1 was the shit. Yeah. Started it all, man. As it should. Uh, he was the perfect role. I'm so glad they didn't cast Tom Cruise. Word. Like, and I'm kind of glad that we're past the day where we all watch those AI-generated, like, alternate universe fucking montages of, like, what the celebrity castings would have been and stuff like that. Do you remember those? Yeah, they'll do, like, oh, if the Marvel Universe was set in the 90s. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, Tom Cruise was originally supposed to be Iron Man, wasn't he? They were going to pick him, but is it Kevin Feige? Or his the guy that played his uh, driver? Uh, um... Uh, I know who you're talking about. Uh, John Favreau. Favreau. Favreau was like, we have to have him. We have to have RDJ. And he actually only got the movie because of his work that he did with uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. They saw that movie and they're like, he'd be perfect. And so Favreau was like, we're not doing this movie without him. Yeah, because he was just kind of coming out of his shell. Like he was almost he was uncastable for a while because of his you know bad days. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That that movie. Um, I can't remember, but someone put him on there as a favor. They're like, no, we love working with you. We understand you're going through. So they paid his whatever uh, contract they have to sign. They paid for it, his insurance, so that he could be in the movie. And that he did amazing in it. And that's the reason he got the Iron Man role. Because he's also around the time was like, he did bit parts. But like, I remember uh, A Scanner Darkly, he was in there for a little bit. Uh, that was a weird movie. That Oh, man, you should watch that movie. It's like, it's Keanu Reeves. The movie is like an entirely cell shaded movie. Okay. It's like shot with real people, but it's fil- it, it looks like an, a cell shaded animated film. Huh. And it's called A Scanner Darkly. And it's it was really is a real Keanu Reeves has a weird movie, you know, uh what do you call it? Filmography. Yeah. There's some weird art house movies that he did. He's oh, he's I, I've never heard a, a single bad thing said about him. He no. is such a great guy on every movie. Yeah. And everyone's like, we love working with him. He's amazing. Then you hear stories like he paid the extras or the video photographers in the first Matrix movie or the last one, like most of his, to make them all millionaires. Oh, really? Something like crazy like that. And I'm like, who couldn't like you? That's amazing. Yeah. Keanu Reeves is just a good guy. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of how I feel about Kevin Smith. Like Kevin Smith's one of my all-time favorite heroes. I'm like, I just like, I like... I don't know. I think he's a good guy. I think like he's a good guy in Hollywood, and like I kind of like that idea of just like not taking it as a no when people were like, "You shouldn't be able to make movies with your friends." And oh, like uh, oh, Clerks. You're talking about Clerks. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking about uh, I think Kevin James, the Adam Sandler guy. Oh yeah, different Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. As no. long as you didn't think of Kevin Spacey. No. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he was a great actor. He was a phenomenal actor. I'll never forgive him for ruining House of Cards. I wanted to see a good oh ending. Oh, my. Dude, the last season was dog. I know. Shit. Like, I love that show. That show. It's amazing. Basically made Netflix. Like, Netflix was great as a that DVD was their first service. show. Yeah. 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 Um, then their other one, like, people don't talk about it. Remember, did you ever watch Lily Hammer? Lily Hammer. Lily Hammer. What is that? It was, okay. It was Tulsa King before Tulsa King. Okay. Lily Hammer was, I think it's actually regarded as the very first Netflix series. Before House of Cards. And it had the guy... Um, did you watch Sopranos? No. Okay, it has one of the actors of Sopranos. He's also um, in Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band. 
<laughs> like he's an actor That's and fine. a musician. Okay. But like he plays a mobster that goes like in a witness protection and like goes and moves to Lilyhammer, like fucking I think it's like Nova Scotia or Iceland or something like that. And he basically brings up like basically makes a mob thing there. And it's okay. basically the quaintness of like moving a gangster to the middle of nowhere and he's still trying to do the gangster shit and the pleasant people there. Right. And it ran like three seasons. And it's really funny. It's a really good show. Okay. But like when Tulsa King came around, I'm like, this is just Lily Hammer. It's exactly the same plot. Like it's the exact same thing. But you have much. a bigger actor. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And that's yeah. what happens a lot. Yep. Everything's just a reboot or rehash. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, it was so prevalent whenever, like, I watched South Park, and they, I'm rewatching it, and I got to the section with member berries. I don't know if you know what those are. I do not. They have this thing that pops up, and it's called member berries, and they're just these little grapes, and basically the thing is when you eat it, you get nostalgic. And so you eat this member, this, these berries, you're like, remember Chewbacca? Remember Star Wars? It was great. Like, I remember. Hey, hey, remember Ghostbusters? Oh, I remember. Remember Slimey? It's kind of being a, a commentary on how everybody and all of Hollywood is just nostalgia fuel now. Yeah. Like everything's just a reboot. Everything is just bring back this, bring back that. And then like throughout that season, you see people be like, no, I want original content. And no, and they shove member berries down their throats. Like, no, no, no. You want old shit. You want old shit. And yeah, I kind of like everything's member berries now. Everything. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, I know executives are really iffy about doing anything new. Yeah. You can only do new things if you're an indie developer or if you're like the top. Like Steven Spielberg could do anything he wanted, honestly. Yeah. But anywhere in between, you better do exactly what. Yeah. Whatever reboot we give you. Well, I mean, because everything's profit margins now. Oh, absolutely. Everything is. Is it a risk factor? And, and it's not a risk if it's attached to a notable brand. Yep. Um, I have a bit where I, I talk about fucking, of all things, Kathy Bates. Um, <laughs> literally fucking Kathy Bates. I talk about that. Like, I'll fuck the misery right out of Kathy Bates. Um, but I talk about how. fucking for a while. Yeah. I'd leave her disjointed. <laughs> yeah. She looks disjointed. <laughs> but I don't know if you've seen. She's the new Matlock. Really? They are bringing back Matlock on CBS. Yes, it's an old people show. Um, and if you watch the trailer, it's just, it, she has like the old hair, like the short hair, it's silver hair, Kathy Bates in a pantsuit. And they literally make this comment in the trailer where she has like an ID badge. She's going through like security or something like that. And they're like, Matlock, huh? And she goes, yeah, like the old TV lawyer. That's a joke in the trailer. So then I'm like, then why the fuck is this called Matlock? Like it has no attachment to the original show. If in universe you make it's a show in the universe of that show, it's just to keep the Britain the name recognition. Probably that's what it sounds like. It's yeah. just name recognition. It's just like, hey, remember Matlock? Here's another one. That sounds like dog shit. Yeah, and just like the Willy Wonka movie. Yes, with Hugh Grant as an Oompa Loompa. Yes, that was Tim, terrifying. Timothy Chamelay. Yeah, whatever his name is. Yeah, he is. He acts with the skill of a dry sponge. He is the. Uh, the living embodiment of what was that? What was the literary term or the movie term that was like the nineties? Uh, was like movie pixie girl. Like, I don't know what pixie girl. Is. Oh, there was like this movie trope where it's like you gotta have the dream pixie girl and every like like it was a thing where like if we need a we have a guy a movie about a guy we gotta have like the the perfect dream pixie girl that's like his woman of choice like his dream oh, woman yeah, yeah yeah and that's all we would cast kind of like a, a Zoe Deschanel. Or no, this is weird. How, how dare you diss Zoe Deschanel? No, I love her, but like okay. that type. 
And like she was, she even knows that she's like a, the dream pixie girl, like the the meme basically of it. Yeah. Uh, Timothy Chalamet just looks like a dream pixie girl, like the actual words. <laughs> kind of looks like a pixie girl. Yeah. Yeah. I loved him in Dune. Dune looks cool. I, I haven't seen that yet. Uh, it's really good. Um, the first one and the special effects are dope. It's weird seeing. I think the most jarring thing is seeing what's his name, Jason Momoa, hmm. clean shaven. Oh, he's all the way clean. Yeah, like he still has his long hair, but he's completely clean shaven, and it's jarring. Okay. It's weird. Uh, it reminds me of like uh, Kevin Sorbo in the Hercules days. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's weird, and like the fight scenes are cool, but like yeah, it's just he's he's very clean cut. Um, that movie's pretty dope. I would give it a, a recommended watch on okay. HBO, and they're coming out with a sequel. I mean, it's it's putting into two parts. Okay. Um, they, it was a weird thing. They didn't announce it was split into two parts until the end of the first movie. That's a little weird. Yeah, because it's like, nice to know that before you go in. Oh yeah, especially with the the marketing of it, because Zendaya's in it, and yeah. she's a pretty pivotal part. And like, if you wa- I don't know if you ever watched the original Dune in the eighties. No, I I do not know what Dune is about. Okay. I only know from the commercials it's some deserted planet. Okay. Um, it was a, it's a, a a very famous sci-fi novel. It yeah. was made in the eighties. As a sci-fi movie, and it's notorious for being really weird sci-fi effects. Like basically, like they try to do too much ahead of its time. Mm. Um, they it was a long movie back then, and so when they rebooted it and they put the trailers out and Zendaya's in it and stuff like that, if you knew the plot from the original movie, you knew that this is going to go a long ways. Mm. And uh, this movie's like three hours long, and you get through it, and then at the very end, you're like, "This is we're nowhere near wrapping up the plot of this story." Like we're like we're just now getting started, kind of thing, and then it goes to credits. It goes Dune, Part One, and then that was the basically the announcement that they're going to do a Part Two. And it, honestly, if you watch them back to back, it does warrant it. Like, the story warrants it, the budget and everything like that. But for most people, because like spoiler alert, Zendaya's in all the trailers, but because of the way they cut it, her character is only in the movie for maybe a minute, and then she's in the second part heavily. Because they don't get to the planet where she's at until, like, the last 10 minutes of the movie. Okay. Or, or So it's like all the marketing was she was the second star of the movie, and she's not well, in it at all. They have to show the trophy girl. Yeah. Of course. Like, yeah. we were talking about just a second ago. Yeah. They have to show her. And she is not in it at all. But basically, she's, uh, it, she's, it's very deceptive marketing. Um, it's more around the times, too. Like, Marvel's bad about that. Marvel does a lot of deceptive marketing in their trailers. Like, flat out, like, lies about characters that are going to be in the movies and stuff. They make fake fake trailer parts. They have to because there's so many leaks. Yep. Uh, I, I, I think that's smart. Infinity War was a bit, my favorite one where they showed the Hulk running in the scene. Yeah. And the Hulk wasn't in that movie at all except for the first five minutes. And But they show that, like, character, like all of them running towards the end for the trailer. And the Hulk's in that. And in the actual movie, it was uh, the Hulk Buster. Yeah. And they just flopped that out. They just blatantly lied to you in the advertising because they, they have to get away with this shit. I mean, that was smart because, yeah. like I said, there was a lot of leaks and they needed to fix that. And the only way to do that is just don't tell a fucking soul. Yeah. Well, then you have things like, uh, did you ever watch Rogue One, Star Wars? Yes. If you watched it, that, that movie was re-edited so much. Like, there's entire parts of that trailer that are just not in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, there's whole parts where, like, a TIE fighter's, like, encountering them on this like ramp and stuff like that and that's not in the movie at all i I see it as like when madden comes out with the new madden game and they're showing how cool everything looks like oh they edited this to make it look the best possible yeah but you don't actually get to see that in the real madden game it's it's like the same thing everyone does that i think my favorite marketing now is 
I don't know. Are you a big Star Wars guy? Love Star Wars. Have you been watching Ahsoka? I don't have Disney. Uh, I, I'll send you my login. You can watch it if you want to. Oh uh, Ahsoka is amazing. If you like Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff like that, if you like that Clone character, good, yeah. it's live action Rebels. Mm. It is everything you wanted to continue that Rebel storyline of where Ezra is. It is like we're taking off and it has some plot twists. The acting's good. But uh, yeah, the the trailers and stuff up to that and how they did like the Mandalorian trailers and how Disney's been doing these Disney Plus shows is the trailers, all the footage that you see in the trailers to lead up for that, basically announce the series, is only footage from like the first episode, maybe the first two episodes. Which is what you should do. Which is what you should do. And I started noticing that because like they put out the first two episodes and then I was like, everything that we saw in the trailer was just from this these two episodes. Yeah. And then everything past that is all new. You have no expectation of what's next because like they like to do it where like they give you this episode and as that episode launches, they basically explain why this series needs to take place. Yeah. To give you the plot of what the series is about to be. And they're doing very well of hiding what the actual series is about to be. The Obi-Wan series was a good example. We had no idea it was going to be about young Leia. You know what I mean? I don't know if you watched that. Did you watch the Obi-Wan series? Uh, no. I, I only I have to go to my friend's house to watch Disney. Uh, okay. So I, I will hook you in, up, my friend. I've seen the first two seasons of The Mandalorian. Okay. Phenomenal. Yes. Uh, but other than that, I really haven't seen any Disney stuff. Book of Boba Fett was okay. Um, the last two episodes are phenomenal. It, it it has some pacing issues in the first couple episodes. Yeah. And also it has the stupidest invention I've ever seen in Star Wars history. It has these like the speeder bike gang mm-hmm. and they are meant to be like this really cool, like, I don't know, like cyberpunk kind of like gang of speeder bikers through a Moss Eisley. But their speeder bikes look like fucking what is those like KitchenAid mixers? Okay. You know those colorful mixers? That's yeah. all they look like. And like they just look hilarious. Like you can't take them seriously. They don't look like they're going fast at all. They just look like kitchen aid mixers going through the fucking streets of Mos Eisley. <laughs> okay. And it's just it's hilarious. Um Obi-Wan I thought was funny because <sighs> Star Wars has a problem sometimes of like balancing because at the end of the day it's a kid's show. Star Wars is traditionally for kids or for adolescents, and it's like parents watch it too, but it, the tone is usually pretty PG. They, yeah, they don't they don't do a dark Star Wars story no. really. No, they don't. Um and sometimes you lose that when how they go too kitty sometimes. Yeah. The first episode of Obi-Wan has like a five minute chase for this like six year old Princess Leia getting chased by people in a jungle, and you're like, What the fuck am I watching? You're just like, This is hilarious. And it's just like, how is how are these adults not capturing this six year old doing fucking gymnastics through the fucking jungle? It's weird. I don't know. You'll have to watch it. Okay. But yeah, it, it, I don't know. And then Flea shows up from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> that, okay. Yeah, he's That's cast in Star Wars. A little bit random. Okay. Yeah, there's some there's some castings where like no matter what you do, you're just like, why is he in Star Wars or why is he in Marvel? It's just like you can't you can't unsee uh, them. Bill Burr was in the Mandalorian <laughs> yeah. as a, a stormtrooper, <laughs> and he just flats out kill kills one of his commanders. He comes back in season two or three, doesn't he? Uh, he comes back again. Uh, I haven't seen season oh, three yet. It's either two, oh, spoiler for you, but yeah, he, he comes back. Okay. Um, yeah, and then Ahsoka is yeah. I love Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. She's doing phenomenal. She's a good actor, man. She's a good good actor. I've I loved her in Clerks too. Like oh my god, like Clerks two has a special place in my heart. I'm a big Kevin Smith guy, like yeah. we talked about. Like, uh, not because I find her stunning in that movie. She is absolutely stunning in Clerks too as Becky, the girl that just works at the fucking restaurant. I don't know if you ever watched Clerks two. But did you watch Clerks Three? No, I have not seen it yet. Oh, buddy, yeah. you're in for a treat if you if you'll cry. I'll cry for a yep. Kevin Smith movie. You'll cry. Okay, 
you will cry if you like Clerks two. Um, Clerks three is another movie where like the trailers don't spoil anything. And so when it starts the movie, you're like, I was not expecting this movie. Well, what movie I got? Um, cause Kevin Smith talked about like when he had his heart attack, it really life changed a lot of things, it, you know, changes, you know, philosophy on life and how he looked at life. And he wrote Clerks three as like a response to that. And if you go into that mindset, it, it's kind of eye opening about how, uh, impactful that was to his life. And Clerks 3 is, I don't know, it's a really good movie. You can tell it's an indie movie. It's very low budget, but it's very heartwarming. Um, yeah, I bawled in that movie, especially if I, I mean, I, I watched this character, Clerks 1, Clerks 2, uh, Jay and Silent Bob, all those. Of course. Uh, I love Jay and Silent Bob. I love Silent Bob. Uh, I don't know. I always liked that charm of Jay where you could say the nastiest things because you do it with a smile. You kind of get away with it. Yeah. There's a certain, like, innocence to it. You know what I mean? Where you know he's not doing it, like, maliciously. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to like a comedy too. Like that shit always appealed to me of doing it with a smile or doing it with like, just, you know, we're just observing or just doing it. It's flat out saying it. We're not meaning to be harmful. Yeah. Yeah. There's people that think you say dirty or dark jokes to be harmful. Like, no, no, I, I don't want to hurt anyone, like hurt anyone or make anyone feel shitty, but no, I'm just making people laugh. Yeah. And also it's like, what kind of world like bubble do you live in where you don't think like, and it's 2023, you know what I mean? Like, have you never heard the word fuck? You know, heard like you know the word abortion. Like I don't know. Like <laughs> we live in a world now where everyone's a victim. Yep. Of every like you look at a person and they're like, "I'm suing you." Yep. Like you're insane. Yeah. Pretty much. So wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I just hit the button. Uh, I have a different button down here for different things. But yeah, you have a raw. What else do you have? Uh, I have <laughs> gay. <laughs> and then I have Hello motherfucker. That's a good one. Do you know what that is? Sam giving some good head. You're right on the money. Um <laughs> I the la- so I did a podcast earlier with uh I don't know if you know him. Uh his name's uh uh Bailey Mickle. Bailey. Yeah, he's yeah. a newer comic, but uh, he was just in here and uh I showed him that. That's like a th- a little test. Have you heard of the grapefruit video? The grapefruit the grapefruit video is a viral video where this black woman tells you how to give the best blowjob and you cut a grapefruit ends off, cut a hole in it and you blindfold your man and you put a grapefruit on his dick as you give him head. And that's the sound she makes to give head. How would. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I think she's wrong. Um, uh, it's very funny. We, I watched. <laughs> we watched it on the last podcast. Basically, like, she's like, and you know, grapefruit is low calorie, so you can uh, you can lose weight as you're sucking dick. <laughs> but you're like, still having calories, you're not losing weight. You if you burn so many calories from sucking dick that you're working hard, then like she's great. I highly recommend you watch it because like like she has a dildo with a condom on it, and she's like. Well, first you need to get him hard, and she's so matter of fact and just like, nonchalant, just talking. It's like an educational video, basically, yeah. and she's just like, "At first, you need to get his dick hard," and then immediately just goes, <laughs> and then stops and just deadpans, goes, "Now that it's hard," and then just completely like nothing happened, and you're just like she doesn't even mention the like the sound effects that she's making or anything. That's just how she gives head. Buddy, <laughs> buddy, in college, in college, my, in 2011 when I was at OSU, someone handed like put flyers all over the campus for a blowjob class. Oh my god! And you had to like 
confirm that you were a girl. They wouldn't let any guys know. They didn't say where it was or anything. You had to email a picture of yourself and your phone number to this email for a blowjob class. Oh, my God. And I begged one of my friends that was a girl try to like do that. And she's like, I'm good. Yeah. Like, no, I want to know who's doing this. Though. <laughs> I want to see what they're practicing on, what's happening. They had that as a scene in that movie Old School. It was Andy Dick. Yeah, Old yeah. School's amazing. I know. I thought, I thought they were going to make a second one. They never one did. Point. No. Um, and then the unrated version. I mean, back in the day when everything had an unrated version. Like, we had the rated R, then we had the unrated. And sometimes, like, they were vastly different movies. Like, uh, Sex Trip. I think it was a Sex Trip? Uh, one with the Amish. Roach, um, um, uh, it's, it's with a car. Well, Road Trip is is one with Tom Green and stuff. Uh, I'm thinking of Sex Trip. It's uh, It has, like, the Amish people in it. And it has Seth Green and... That's uh, Sex Drive. Sex Drive. Sex Drive. That's what it is. Yeah. Sex Drive. The unrated director's cut it has, like, completely different plot threads. Like, it has it expands on everything. They cut a lot of shit out. Like, there's a whole B plot <laughs> that they just cut out because it was, I don't know, just cut for time, and they, it changes a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, but then there's some where it's just, just more tits back in the day. Darn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're never going to get movies back like that back like now. We're not going to well, get like, a Euro we have director's trip. cut. Yeah. And plus, X-rated is like, oh, you know, everyone's kind of scared to actually like have a different version of that. Yeah. And it's extra work and... Well, and also we don't even need it anymore because it'll just go on streaming. True. It can just be a Netflix show or an HBO movie, and it's just like a show tits on whatever they want. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we also have Pornhub. So. Yeah. I have that one ready. <laughs> Setting the mood. Yeah. Right. Light some candles in here. <laughs> Try to shoot them out. <laughs> what am I shooting that up with? <laughs> hey, guys. This episode is not brought to you by a mobile game like Best Fiends. You know, it's like friends, but take out that R. Well, they they trying to say the R's for like, is, is the R word? Is it an R word? Can, can we say R word? Can we hint at the word? Re- take out the R. Oh, fiends, friends. That's fucking retarded. All right, man. So I think you got some guest questions for me. Absolutely. And I think it's time we go to that segment. Guest Ooh, questions. Yeah. We get dramatic. Dum dum dum. Oh, this is like romantic now, Red. Ooh. Oh, yeah. We could change it to blue if you want to. Well, now my dick's hard. Thank, oh. you. Thank you for that. Oh, well, purple. purple. Have a nice purple. Now my nipples are. Ah, uh, we'll go back to red for now. Oh, pink. Magenta. We'll do red. Oh, it's orangish. One of the pink, two in the stink, buddy. <laughs> we'll leave it on pink for now for your guest questions. Thank you. Thank you. This is a new segment I'm trying out where I like to get my candid responses to you guys' questions. So. For those that don't know, I like to ask my guests beforehand to write down a few questions and don't tell them to me. I want to get my candid off the wall responses and just, you know, they can be philosophical. They can be comedy related. They can be math questions, whatever you have. I have no idea, but, uh, the great Connor Farrow, could I get your questions? My friend, I like the way you said my name there. Yes, you may flat earth. Do you believe in the flat earth? Let's go. Let's hear it. No, you don't believe in the flat earth. No. Why not? Science. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, I am kind of one of those people where, like, if it's above my pay grade or, like, I just don't know, I'm not one of those people that's just going to go with something. I'm like, right. there's a lot of people that are a lot smarter than me that are paid to know this shit. And if they have it in where it's, like, theoretically proven, it's not, I'm more likely going to go with them. Yeah. <laughs> than, okay. than just, you know, my crazy sister's gut feeling. Have you heard the conspiracies on Flat Earth? 
some, but not anything seriously. Oh my dude, I worked with this guy who believed the earth was flat because of the Bible. And of course. He said we live in a glass dome and we've never left the earth. It's impossible to leave the earth. And he showed me a footage of the space shuttle challenger blowing up as proof that we can't leave Earth. It hit the fucking like we're in a snow globe? Yeah. He's like, you see how it curves when it goes up? I go, yeah, because the Earth turns. If you go straight up and, and we're turning, then it looks like it's curved. Yeah. And he's like, no, it curved because it tried to go out of the dome and blah, blah, blah. It's so funny know. that we talked about that. Like, uh, we just talked about, do you know what St. Elsewhere is? St. Elsewhere. St. Elsewhere was an old 80s show, uh, and it was like a drama in a hospital. And it's notorious because the spo- the very ending episode, the series finale, of this drama weird show, is it pulls out, and the entire show takes place in a hospital that was in a snow globe that was being held by an autistic boy. Okay. Yeah, it makes no sense. At all. How long did the show go on? Like four seasons. Four seasons in a uh, snow globe? I have so many questions. Or maybe none. Maybe I just don't care enough. There's him in the snow globe. That's And that's how it ended? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I hope that Austin... How do you say it? Autistic? Autistic. Autistic kid. I hope he slammed that glass dome into the ground and murdered that entire hospital like a good <laughs> autistic kid should yeah like i'm trying to see if they have if they have it on youtube or anything but like yeah it's it was 1988 a little bit before my time uh but it was it's become like meme culture where like people are like what the fuck is this show it's like it pans out, and it's just like you see the, the, the hospital where it took place is just in the snow globe. And that's the ending of the series. Dude, that's like, I would riot. There should be riots in the streets. They shouldn't have burned a town down. Yeah. Like the end of The Sopranos. I know how it ends. The yeah. black screen. Oh, God. And people lost their goddamn minds. Yep. Uh, with fucking journeys, don't stop believing on it. Yeah. And there's so many fan theories to it. It's kind of like the ending of... Uh, Inception. That's a great dude. That's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. And then it's like, did the top fall down or not? Is he in the dream or not? It's real. It's real. I think the director came out and said, yeah. Yeah. He is real. Shut up. <laughs> uh, ready for question two? Question two. Out of any power, superpower that you could have, what would you choose? Teleportation. And why? I've always been a teleportation guy. Nightcrawler is my favorite character. Like I just, I've always loved that. Just that power fascinates me. Um, it's why to this day is shitty as it is. I love the movie Jumper, bro. The Jumper movie's so good. I know Samuel Jackson with his fucking silver hair yes. as a paladin. Hayden Christensen. <laughs> yeah, I like him in that movie. Yeah, like people shit on his acting and uh, Attack of the Clones and stuff. And I'm like, watch him in that. He's pretty good. He's good in that movie. His friend in it. He died on set. Oh. Something fell and crushed him. Wow, really? Yeah, because and they were trying to test out his jumper powers, and apparently, in real life, it, it doesn't work that way. And someone's like, "No, man, we got to try it out." I don't, you know, all this CGI shit is bullshit. And 
He didn't move fast enough. He, I just wish they would have had that third eye blind song as a soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> no, I went Sarah McLaughlin. In the uh... have you seen my commercial uh, on my channel? I shot a, a fake SBACA commercial, like looking for ads. Or, I, uh, uh, it's on my channel. If you ever go to my channel, it's my my channel trailer. Yeah, I basically reshot the the Sarah McLaughlin SPCA commercial, like shot for <laughs> shot, but it's just podcasters looking for sponsors and it's just me looking sad and it's just I, yeah That's and it's amazing. even me on that couch and instead of a like her holding a dog it's me holding a giant unicorn stuffed animal <laughs> you know for like a little a, a cup of coffee a day you can sponsor a podcast that's yeah. amazing yeah yeah, it's on my channel. Okay. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I advertise and show people like looking for spo- like sponsors and advertisers cuz I do my own fake ads and stuff and just trying to get that going towards, you know, paying for the podcast eventually. It's getting there. Okay. Uh, I'm already uh, getting ad revenue on Spotify. Like that happened already. I'm already monetized on that, dude. Any kind of amount that you can get is amazing. Yeah, like, dude, like I started this launches in February and I hit like seven thousand plays or something like that. Like, cut like four months in or something like that on the Juju Rashad's episode. Shout out to Juju. His episode for some reason just took off yeah. on Spotify of all places, like YouTube and everything like that. Uh, you know, I've had different views, but like his episode just really took off on Spotify. And I don't know, man. People in Memphis just love that shit because <laughs> he's from Memphis. But yeah, it took off, and that got me monetized pretty much and haven't looked back since on that. And Congrats. it's not much, but it's a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, I always say, like, the goal of this is not to get rich. It's not to, like, you know, I'd like to tour, be a touring comedian. I want to go travel and stuff. But it's more just as long as I can pay my bills with comedy and doing what I love and podcasting, that's all I want. Yeah. Like, I got divorced. I paid off my house, paid off my car. And then this year, it was like, okay, I'm launching my podcast, launch my business, and then take stand-up really seriously, doing it full-time. And, you know, as long as I keep my bills down low and I door dash in between and stuff like that, you know, for making some extra money, I'm allowed to just make my own schedule and pursue my dreams. Absolutely. And That's the dream, man. That's, that's what I'm trying to do, yeah. And that's all I want to do is just keep pushing, keep pushing, and just, you know, keep people having people on the couch that's, you know, in the same field. And we've had burlesque dancers, you know, Missy. We've had drag less. We've had uh, entertainers. I'm getting to have some people from bands on here. Like, okay. I want to have anybody in the scene that's an entertainer or anything that's kind of, you know, contributing to the culture that is Tulsa because I really think it's on the bubble. I think Tulsa is about to pop off with, you know, between Tulsa King, all the different shows and movies that are coming on. I know Reservation Dogs is ending. But, like, I really think that Tulsa is getting ready to, like, just explode in the pop culture kind of bubble. And that's why I really, like, pushed to launch this this year. And, you know, I want to get this to where, like, when traveling comedians are coming in, like, they want to come out here and, you know, promote their shit. Yeah. And just, you know, that's why I really put so much money into investing in this and building the lights and getting everything going. I, dude, you're going to succeed. Absolutely. You have the drive for it and everything. Trying to, man. You got You got this. <laughs> you got this. And I like to ramble, obviously. No. <laughs> Speaking of... Question three. Question three. <laughs> the AI robot takeover. Okay. I have my own theories on it. What are yours? Do you think it's going to happen? When do you think it's going to happen? Are you here for it? Do you have a sex robot? Go. I don't think it's going to happen with the current technology that's out. The no thing shit. That, the thing that, well, I'm just saying like the things that they say are AI right now are not AI. Yeah. It's, it's a fucking math calculation with a fucking fancy interface. <laughs> that's really what it is it's yeah. a fucking algorithm um the things that people are freaking out about are not you know we're not getting the sky in it just yet but if we keep pushing in certain fields i my biggest fear and i talk about this all the time um even door dashing 
the technology is advancing at a rate that our infrastructure and government and regulation can't keep up with. Right. We are still paper filing shit and doing shit back in the old days, like in the 90s days, when we should be on all digital on a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, even things that's like gun registration. I mean, we're not getting political on this, but like gun registration, stuff like that. Like all this shit needs to be cleaned up and re. Like we just don't have the money. We don't put our money on our infrastructure on the right things a lot of times to really upgrade this stuff. Like I hate to say it, but I'm fucking playing Red Dead Redemption too, and I know I need to take care of my camp. I need to upgrade my provisions. I need to upgrade my ammunitions. I need to get all this camp going and keep my people happy. Otherwise, the whole thing goes to shit. <laughs> like I don't know. I think that is going to be what drastically needs to happen in our lifetime before anything AI related would be a worry okay. because like things like Facebook and just things that are like just getting out of regulation that just because people don't understand it, you know, so much like also I think, Hey, this is pretty fucking dark, pretty fucking morbid possibly. I'm the perfect person for this. Go 40 years from now. I say even 40, 40, just okay. 40. Okay. Everything's just going to be by tradition better. Sex robots. Well, I'll just say in government-wise and politician-wise, it's just going to be better because 90% of the people that are in office now are going to be dead. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be all the old white guys finally die out. And that's just it. That's just the, the day of it. Just all the old white people just need to be dead. And they just need to die out eventually so we can get this new wave. This is sponsored by the U.S. Congress. <laughs> no, I'll, I, and so I definitely lean towards one side, but even then, I want those old people to just like get out of get out of politics. Yeah. Like, let the younger generation in, and just let us take control. Well, case in point, we have how many Senate? This, again, I'm not being political. I'm just yeah. being broad strokes. How many Senate hearings do we need to have on C-SPAN where we fucking put Zuckerberg up in front of a community and be like? explain facebook to us and that's what he does yeah. like we're at that level we're not even getting into how like microtransactions work or how like we're spying on shit or how like this could be led to you know anything to do anything like that our senators just never doing broad strokes of, like how to fucking log in like you know what i mean well they're struggling with that part yeah so like we need to get some way of like getting that part ramped up because i think that's going to be a crucial thing um and then we're all just going to turn into Idiocracy, the movie Idiocracy. That is a good movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't see us turning into that, <laughs> because, but it would be fun to have Terry Crews. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, we talk about, like, I talk about, and I'm being, I'm joking about, like, how old, old people need to die. But, yeah. Uh, do you have another question? Or is that it? Uh, it was three. Uh, I only asked ask three, but you can bring it as many as you want. The only other thing I had was aliens. Do you believe aliens are real? Yes. That they exist. Okay. I just think in a lot, like, are I, they among us? The among us thing, maybe not. Um, I just, I, I have to just to say, like, if you know, we're able to exist, who's to say something out there, another planet out there doesn't exist? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I identify more as like agnostic, agnostic, okay. or like I'm just like I'm not complete atheist, where I'm just more like, I see. I just, I don't know. I, I, I like. Fully commit, or don't commit at all. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I just, I, I don't want to be that person where it's like, there's absolutely nothing out there. Yeah. Um, but if you're again, 
I'm also one of those people that if it's going to equate religion with aliens and stuff like that too, it's just the same thing. It was just, it's, it's, you know, yeah, it's my personal beliefs too. That's different. But, uh, I also am not very religious. My family is, but I'm not. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I believe that there is life out there. There has to be life. And I mean, we've been proven that there's, there's water on other planets and stuff like that. There has to be a ability to sustain life. Yeah. Um, so theoretically it has to be out there. We just can't get to it yet. I agree. I definitely so, think there's life out there. Yeah. I've, I don't think there's like, I'm definitely atheist. Yeah. I've been atheist since I've been like 15. Yeah. And, but I fully support that there's life out there. Cause I would love for aliens to come over and just be like, Hey, we're purple. Yeah. And look slightly, you know, different from us. I just want to see what Christian or religious people in general say, like, cause we're like, Oh, we are all made in a God's image. Yeah. And when aliens show up a different life form on another planet, I want to know what, kind of bullshit they're going to come up with be like oh he's they're made in uh the devil's image yeah i yeah. guarantee it's something like that's going to be said i always love my favorite clip i, I, I reference south park a lot but like south park there's a clip where like all these people go to heaven and like or they go to hell and they're like we were christians the entire time we were good we we did everything right what happened why do we go to heaven they're like oh sorry the correct answer was mormon yeah better now <laughs> next time <laughs> Fucking Mormon. <laughs> you know they don't celebrate birthdays. That's fucking weird. Not for pedophiles. <laughs> I don't do a lot of pedophile jokes with a name like Jared. <laughs> <laughs> I don't But I but you know, Jared likes footlongs also. Yeah. 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 That's why he's in prison. <laughs> this the South Park game, oh my god, there's a section where you go to the prison and Jared from Subway comes out. And he has an actual foot long, and he's like going like this, and it's shooting mayonnaise at you. Yeah, mayonnaise. <laughs> and he's like, "Come on, kids!" Like that's the best thing that the, the, the police have been locked up this entire time. Like you're a bunch of kids, like crime fighters, and the big dark secret is Jared's locked up in this fucking jail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just you're like, how the fuck did they get this to the game? How did they get this approved? <laughs> it's South Park. They yeah. can get anything approved. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's like I love Team America. Team America still holds up. It's a great movie. That used to be my ringtone. Really? America. Fuck yeah. Absolutely. That uh. was that was such a... I remember watching that in high school. And we're all like, oh my God, they said this. Oh, that's so funny. Huh? Or whatever. Or maybe even middle school. Uh, but that was such a great, great movie. But stupid movie also. And then they had the... Uh... <laughs> I always remember... Five terrorists going southeast on Bacalaca Daca Street. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, and I guess we can go back to normal. Ready for the be jarring? Oh, it's a difference, right? Difference, yeah. Yeah, it's also a difference. Like if I turn them off, like normal lighting is just it's it, it's pretty drastic. <laughs> Helps out yeah. a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Technology. See, AI is not a bad thing. AI is wonderful. Yeah. Hear that AI? Yeah, when when you ta when AI takes over, I just let me let me live forever. I'll become an AI. Yeah. Also, and I'll protect maybe people, some people. Just give me like Windows ninety five solitaire, and I'll be okay. You want to live in a a ninety solitaire <laughs> for the rest of your goddamn for the rest of your ones and zeros? No. I just imagine they're gonna put us in one of those like Windows ninety five fucking shitty wallpapers, like the screensavers were like the maze, the never ending maze. Yeah, because we would commit suicide at an alarming rate. 
like the biggest plot hole in the matrix was like using us as human batteries and i'm like we're not gonna give up that much energy (laughs) have you seen how much fucking effort we put in the shit (laughs) well well we blocked they were killing us they used the sun for energy yeah and so we blocked out the sun and now they're like oh the next best thing is us but i'm like aren't there volcanoes aren't there like the core of the earth if these things can invent flying saucers or whatever you want to call them can't they just like i don't know leave earth yeah (laughs) well then my thoughts too were like if we humans can do it ai can leave earth too well my thoughts were if it like it should like and then like because there's no sun it made the 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 upper like above earth stormy and acid rain all that stuff sounds like you got a lot of wind energy yeah (laughs) or even uh water turbines or something Yeah. yeah 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 but instead we get orgies under the fucking ground you know what i'll take the orgies under the ground hell yeah it wasn't sexy to me whenever I see all the like portholes, like that threw me off. I couldn't take like, on the know. back. Yeah, on the back and the neck and all that stuff. Like all the the portholes everywhere. Just, eh. but buddy, more holes. Yeah, but I don't want to fuck a USB port. <laughs> you haven't tried a USB port. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Get back to the sex dolls. <laughs> See, if they're so futuristic, why don't they have more sex dolls down there in Zion? <laughs> Probably. I guarantee you that was the first, like, they're like, AI and humans are going to cohabitat. And I guarantee you the first thing, and they're like, hey, can you guys create, like, a sex doll? <laughs> like, um, I, maybe a strong opinion. I don't think sex dolls, sex dolls are going to be universally accepted until they're self-cleaning. No, never clean your sex doll. That is what they want you to believe. You need to just raw doll your sex doll every day until it's just oozing. I was just saying, if you have a self-cleaning sex doll, does that mean it's having a period? This is why (laughs) sex dolls are better. No periods. No mood swings. Any uh, any position you want. Have you? Do you know who Tim Minchin is? Yeah, uh, he has a song called "Inflatable You," and it's all about his love song. It's called a love song, but it's yeah, uh, it's all about him singing a love song to an inflatable doll. There's a movie with Ryan Gosling <laughs> where he's in love with a, a doll. Really? And he carries it around. He like goes to see his brother or something, and he's like, "This is Mary." And he's like a really quiet guy, <laughs> and I haven't seen the whole movie. I just seen like the commercials for yeah. it. But I was like, that looks that, that's I guarantee you that's the future. There's there's tons of guys that are just gonna be carrying around their dolls, being like, This is my girlfriend. Yeah. She, um, did you ever watch the movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix? I did. It's a fantastic movie. It's a fan- yeah. And nothing Wonderful. like closing your eyes and jerking off to Scarlett Johansson's voice. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I mean, did. allegedly. Um <laughs> I mean that's pretty much what he was doing the entire movie. <laughs> Not wrong. Uh, it, it just reminds me a lot of Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, with also uh, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, where the AI isn't there, but she puts an earpiece in and like overcoats herself for the person. Yeah, and he has. I was like, that's the future, hundred percent. People are gonna date their AIs. <laughs> it's gonna happen if it already. There's a girl that date dated the <coughs> Eiffel Tower. And broke and got married to it. I yeah. You see that? And she divorced it, and and now she's in love with a, like a park bench. Well, and there's also the other girl, YMH, had it where she was like married to a train station. Yeah, 
like in Phoenix or something like that, she loved train the train station. Yeah, and there's like they're recording her like humping the train station. Yeah. <laughs> like what a mental disorder These, are you on? I mean, yeah, why can't you just do stand up like the rest of us? <laughs> That's gonna be the clip. Next you know what? I'm going back to one of my questions. Do you think there's anyone in our community? That is in love with inanimate objects. I can't say that word, but you know what I'm talking about. Well, I mean, his name's Trash. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Trash. The dumpster puppets. They've given me a few looks. A few looks? Yeah. Are they cheating on you? Um, with, with, on Trash? With you? I mean, is, is hot this take Trash. News? Breaking, breaking news? news. Um, Trash. Jack Hole and me. We're a thing. <laughs> uh, I, I came up with a term today. Okay. Uh, they were talking about three three guys all said one girl was attractive. And they're like, yeah, that's three holes. I was like, you guys, you guys are about to do a devil's tripod. And they they just kind of nodded. They didn't say anything. They just nodded. And they're like, two of you guys are hacky sack fans. <laughs> <laughs> Came up with that. I just came up with that. That's good. That's fucking. That's gold. I love that. You never played hacky sack with some buddies every once in a while. No? This one's Harry. No, my name's Jeff. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> God damn it! Airplane reference. Yeah, I love airplane. Uh, Naked Gun. Man, we're never gonna get movies like that again. Uh, last movies I've seen that were like raunchy like that. Um, trying to think. Any like what's some rated R movies that were just really good? I can't think of any movies that were back in the day like we had anymore. It's so hard to even remember what things are rated R, what P, like PG thirteen sometimes. Yeah. Like I think Old School's amazing. Step Brothers, oh, yeah, is great. We're just not gonna get those that kind of movie anymore. They don't make those kind of movies anymore. Like, um, there's a new one coming out. Um, American Pie. Um, what's it called? There's, it's about two lesbian girls in high school, and it's basically like a, it's basically like a, um, what was the Jonah Hill movie? Um, Super bad, but for girls. Okay. And it looks pretty funny. Um, has do you ever watch the what's it called? The Bear on Hulu. I haven't seen it yet. It's okay. on my list. Fantastic show. Yeah. Fantastic I, show. I just started watching Shameless, and he's oh, in that yep. as the younger brother. Yep. And I was like, hey. Eh. So, uh, Shameless is another good show. Yeah. Uh, I just I'm, I'm I've been watching a lot of shows on Max now. Uh, it used to be HBO Max. They transitioned, like many people have. Yeah. Um, I have a bit about that. I say, I say HBO Max. They transitioned to Max. They went through a discovery phase. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, That's a good one. Yeah, right. That's a good one. Now I I just can't wait until you get our little cancel party in Tulsa <laughs> yeah. going. Oh, I'm already aware. You know. Who? Yeah. It's exhausting even just getting people sent like sent I don't ask for it. Yeah. People just send me stuff. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, this is hilarious or this is crazy. Yeah. And it's exhausting just looking at anything. Yeah. Like, like I don't that. have the time to worry about this shit. Like, yeah. Like I don't like I don't know. Like maybe therapy saved me a lot of stuff too. Like I went through therapy when my last marriage fell apart. But like just through that, I was able to find these like skills of like if I can't control it, just, I don't need to worry about it. And like I really try to just push myself to where like I can't control it. I can't stress about this stuff. It's just in one ear out the other. Right. And I don't have time people's dramas. I don't have people t 
time for people's politics or anything like that. I'm just here to do jokes and make people have a good time and possibly get paid and get bookings. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. And anybody that doesn't treat it like a business like that, like I don't want to join a social club. I don't need to join a clique. Like I, I want to make friends. I'm okay with making friends. Yeah. But it's not going to get in the way of me being successful. And like we talked about earlier in this podcast, I never want to be the jaded comic on an open mic that's just sitting there shitting on new people. Yeah. I want to be there getting better. And also there's the thing like the most reassuring thing about this and somebody, a friend, another comic, I'm not going to say names, but they really put it in perspective whenever I was really shitty. Like I was, I went off the deep end off of that after that night. Cause like it went from me not wanting to do the Looney bin to then like basically getting a reputation of being like something shitty at Looney bin. And I was like, okay, like what the fuck happened? Basically I was, you know, I took a break for a little bit. Yeah. Cause I felt like this shit was getting into a narrative. I didn't like, and Somebody put in perspective, like, look, 15 years ago, he was open, doing the open mic at Looney Bin. 15 years later, he's still doing the open mic at Looney Bin. Yeah. What are you doing with your stuff? And, like, how far are you going in, like, four months? And it kind of put in perspective, like, yeah, I'm doing the right path. Fuck it. Don't worry about anybody else's shit. Just do your own thing. Yeah. And, yeah, that's just, I don't know. That's always what I try to do. And sometimes you just got to get reminded of that. I don't know. Again, no. tangents. No, I, <laughs> I feel that. No, I've, I've definitely but. People have said several stuff to me about my dark comedy, and they're, they're like, you shouldn't be able to do comedy. I didn't appreciate this joke or that yeah. joke. And I'm like, okay, just don't come next time. Yeah. You don't it's, – it's not up to you to decide what I get to say. Yeah. You, like, you can be offended or not offended yeah. on your own merit. I'm not trying to offend you, but if you get offended by what I say, that's on you. Yeah. Because I'm really – I'm not out here saying, you know – whatever transphobe thing that you could say. I don't even know what you could say. Yeah. Um, but I'm not doing that. I'm just making people laugh, yeah. getting paid, booking shows, making friends and connections. And anything in between that, everyone else can go fuck off. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like, and also that comes back to is like, I hate people that, I never want to treat an audience like an idiot. Right. I think nine times out of ten, most audiences can tell intent. They can tell tone of voice, and they can tell that you're not necessarily punching down. You're doing it to have a good time, right? Um, and if they're not in that, if they're not able to do that, maybe they're in the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you? I mean, have you had a show yet where you get complete silence? Yes. Um, well, not a show. Um, uh, open mic. Open mic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I ha I have panic attacks, and uh, I've told it before. I had a panic attack at Stellar once. And it actually involved, um, but uh, well, I did a showcase there in February, my first showcase, and then a week after that, I tried all new shit, mm -hmm. and I was trying to do this story, and it was a story. I actually have a clip on my YouTube. It's about the gay, my gay roommate, and in the story, um, the, the word faggot is dropped, and it's just it's in there, yeah. and you know, and I'm biased stuff like that, but like, I've I've encountered this also that I'm not gay enough to say certain things. Basically, if I'm basically like I'm not flamboyant enough to pull off saying certain gay things. Are basically. there like levels to the gayness? Basically, is what I found out, and I'm trying to just knock those down. Um, okay. um, basically, like I'm too butch to say faggot. Um, sometimes I've heard that and stuff like that. Okay. Or I'm too straight looking, and you know, you're too straight looking. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Listen. This yeah, is, I know. Yeah, we're getting dumb. Out I know. Here. I know. <laughs> I've had all kinds. But uh, yeah. So anyway, I'm doing this story. And it goes into this part where I have to say that F-bomb. And I know full flash, I did not do it with confidence. Yeah. I was already struggling about it, and I dropped faggot in the first 30 seconds. 
and I don't have confidence in my thing, and like nobody's laughing, and I could, and they just all the air went out of the room when I said it. Yeah, and I know it's my mistake. I I, I didn't do it, approach it confidently. If there's that, and then it's also know the room. Yeah, too. So you start off with a joke, even darker comedy. Yeah, I start off with a joke that is a little bit lighter in tone that I think everyone could kind of get and laugh yeah. about, and then I might get more darker. Yeah, but. That's what that's what you also learn yeah. at open mics. You can't just go in yeah. saying, "I chopped a baby's head off today." Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I I I even say that like I, now I joke about because I joked about I've been pegged before. Yeah. Um, I, I, I I treat my stand up like pegging. I try to ease you into my shit. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like because of that, I ended my set early and I could feel the panic attack building. Mm. Ended because I felt like I was offending people. I wasn't bombing. I didn't feel bad because I was bombing. I felt bad because I felt like I was offending people. Yeah. Went into the bathroom in the cellar, threw up, and just had a full-blown panic attack. And that's just something that happens like that because I felt like I was offending people. And it wasn't because I was bombing. Right. I, you know, like, I don't care. Like, honestly, even though I'm new to this shit, it's more just like everything's a learning experience. Like, I'm not – maybe it's because I had that 15-year gap in between and I'm really just pushing full force this year. Mm-hmm. But, like, when I took the time to build this and took all the years to build all this podcast up and the brand and, like – my logo, like I even own onlymeat.com. I own the trademark. I own all this stuff. I did a lot of work for this stuff. Yeah. Um, nobody can take it away from me now. So like it's almost like I'm bulletproof on that stage where like, you know, I'm not famous enough to get canceled yet. Right. Um, what the fuck are you gonna do? Oh, I guess I can't play Darn. <laughs> like there's fucking fifteen other venues I can go to. Yeah. And I'm just kinda in that mindset of like, I need to keep working on this and nobody's gonna tell me no. Like, I'm just going to keep doing what I think is funny. Yeah. And, like, case in point, last night, like I said, I went to that fucking show, and I got booked from it from just doing an open, you know, just doing a 10-minute spot that I didn't get paid for, but it got me another gig. Yeah. And I didn't think I had confidence in that set at all, but it was good enough to where it got me another gig. And so it kind of just reassured me that I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I, I'm right there with you, too. Um, I, I booked... Several of my shows, like I said, I had like five shows either last month or the month before. Yeah, congrats, by the way. Thank you. And that's a huge accomplishment. That, thank you. Yeah, I yeah. also agree. Yeah, uh, I did that partially because I was just hanging out with people, and then they're like, "Oh man, I'm trying to book someone for their show." I'm like, "Oh yeah, you should maybe look at them." They're like, "Well, what about you?" And yeah. and then I'm, I'm booked on that show, and then now the owner of the Go Laugh Lounge, he himself booked me on a show, Gene. Gene, yeah. Gene's a fucking awesome Gene's dude. amazing. I love Gene. Um, he was like, dude, I'd love to put you on another. Yeah. Do you have, he's like, you have the funniest joke I've ever heard. Yeah. And he's like, you want to do another show? I'll put you on another show. I was like, yeah, just let me know when. Like, that dude is super supportive of the scene. Yeah. Uh, we need more people like that. We need to support those kind of people. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Like, that's why we, like I said, we sold out that show. Yeah. So I'm sure he made a lot of money from that. Yeah. Um. And he's, I mean, he's had, other, I've had another show there earlier, uh, the month before that, and I've seen other people have plenty yeah. of shows there too. And he, he's very supportive. Yeah, and like, just a genuinely nice guy. Like, so like, my daughter's birthday was the was three days afterwards that I did the show, that did the open mic on that Thursday, and like, I was gonna have her birthday party that Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I told him like, the next day I'm taking her from school and I'm gonna let her go see the Ninja Turtle movie. I'm gonna take her out to Ninja Turtle movie stuff. And I was like, I know you guys sometimes sell those movie posters. Um, let me know when you guys take it down. I'd love to buy it from you guys. Mm-hmm. He goes, don't worry about it. You guys did awesome tonight. He went out and got a ladder and took down the Ninja Turtle poster from the fucking wall and gave it to me. He goes, tell your daughter happy birthday. That's amazing. And gave her the actual full-blown movie poster. And yeah. I'm like, dude, just a nice dude. Like, just genuinely good person. Yeah. Um, 
I want to support that. Like, I'll always talk, and that's why I want to rant and rave about people like that on this podcast. Like, I want to put spotlight on that people. I'd love to have Gene on here. I've offered it to him. Um, Chrissy will be on here. Uh, Chrissy, who does the marketing at Go. Yeah, yeah. Chrissy, I think Isles or uh, I don't know the last name, but I think it's. I think you might be on. Yeah, she's Isles. on Fresh Faces, I think now too. Um, but yeah, she's she's starting on comedy, um, but she also does the marketing and the social media for the for Go. Okay. Um, I'm gonna have her on here to help market Go and stuff like that. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, between that and then I have Andrew live coming in and the people from Baby Roos coming in. I'm trying to get more like places like that to like actually get like the people that own the bars and stuff and the people that are booking this stuff to come in here and chat about this stuff too and like what got them in the business and like also make those connections because you've said it yourself. Nine times out of ten, a lot of this stuff is just the making the connections at these shows. It's not so much yeah how much you perform. I mean, yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, and that's why you do open mics and whatnot because you maybe there's a slightly bigger uh comedian yeah. from another town he's like hey man i thought what you did was wonderful yeah and indifferent i want i want you to come here i'll pay you for gas or whatever it is yeah and that i mean you just start doing different towns and cities enough everyone you know people start to notice yeah and like you know there's people like trash that like you know does every fucking mic every week and like he works his ass off to get all these mics and people know him now yeah like he's putting in the effort um that shit doesn't go unnoticed, at least for the people that, you know, I want to say matter, but like the people that are paying attention. Yeah. So to speak, because you never know who's in the crowd. You never know what bookers are in the crowd, who's showing up from out of town like you talked about, or just who's showing up. What connection is going to happen? Um, that's why I try to make so hard the effort to go to Tulsa three to four, you know, two to three times a week mm-hmm. for these mics. Because like, yeah, it's 45 minutes to an hour drive, but to me it's worth it because it's helping me get better and it's helping me get these connections. Yeah, because then, like, yeah, like, oh, someone dropped. I mean, not saying you're you're the, like the replacement. I just yeah. like say someone dropped out. We're like, hey, let's let's see if Jared wants to do it. Yeah, Jared's a cool guy. Yeah, but it's also the, that like if you're an ass, but you're a great comedian. Yeah, we're probably still not going to book you. Nope. But if you're an okay comedian and you're not a bad comedian, <laughs> you yeah. still have to be good yeah. to get booked. But if you're an okay comedian and you're a good guy, you're going to get booked more. Yeah. Um, we talk about it on this podcast all the time is like. Yes, luck plays a heavily ro- heavy role in this stuff, but I'm a big proponent that you can make your own luck just by being ready for every opportunity. Yeah. Do the fucking work and just be ready for any opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, just always be ready. Fucking, it's a fucking mantra. And just do the fucking work. And, uh, I mean, I don't fucking name drop or anything, but, like, I'm eternally grateful to Zach Eamon because he name dropped me for the Josh Wolf shit. Uh, Josh Wolf, I got to do a, uh, produce an episode of his podcast with him and his son from here. That's awesome, yeah. Um, just because they were doing Kane's Ballroom, and you know, uh, the guy that I can't remember his name, Maverick, Maverick's comedian. Um, he was opening for Josh Wolf, and he was at a bar with Zach Amon and was like, "Hey, do you know anybody that has a production studio or a podcast studio around town?" And he was like, "Well, Jared has the best studio in town." Yeah, and just that, because I had just had Zach Amon on the po- on the couch, and like a week later. Fucking Matt, he runs on the Maverick, and just that word of mouth got me Josh Wolf. Yeah, it'll do it. And it was because I was ready. I have this podcast, and I've proven that I have the chops to do it. And so, you know, I don't want to ever let somebody's fucking reputation down. I don't ever want to fucking make somebody regret name dropping me. So I'm going to try my hardest to make sure it worked great. And honestly, dude, I say it all the time. I got to do like an hour podcast, you know, produce it and, you know, direct it and stuff where I'm on the couch. But they spent like two hours here. And that time was so fucking invaluable. Like I'll, I'll, I'll cherish that because just getting this, him and his son, it was him and Jacob bull, uh, father, son doing, you know, comedy nationwide. 
just getting to sit there and rack their brain about how long Josh's been doing this and like what he does on the road and like just them interacting and stuff like that and just how they clip stuff like even throughout the episodes that was so eye-opening um just fucking valuable information man yeah. and it also was just like reassuring that i was on the right path because like like i said i started this in february that was april may and that was just a few months into it and i fucking have josh wolf on the couch and like technically like when i launched my production studio as far as being like a freelancer and stuff he's technically my first uh client for my production studio I'm like, that's a fucking tip in the hat to have Josh Wolf as your fucking first client. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, he paid me to fucking produce an episode and everything. And, like, that also changed the idea of, like, this episode or this show because, like I told you, I think I was skittish about saying this was from Bartlesville. Mm. Once Josh Wolf did that episode and they drove down from Tulsa to here, they were so loving the set and everything. They loved my, my logo. They loved the design and everything. They labeled their name of the episode from Bartlesville. They said the name of the episode on Hey Man Podcast is Bartlesville. Yeah. And the first 30 minutes, just them talking about how cool my set is. And after that, I was like, I'm proud of it saying from Bartlesville. And like, I'm appreciative of people banking the drive. And you guys kind of get a taste of what I do multiple times a week. And this is like, you know, it's I'm on the right path. You know what I mean? I got something here. Absolutely. I think just keep doing the work, keep doing the effort. And good things are going to keep coming to the people that fucking put in the work. Absolutely. And then also to the point of through like word of mouth and whatnot, you also learn who actually kind of likes you. Yeah. Too. Like I honestly, like you said, Zach's call, had your name in his yeah. mouth for that. I can't say enough good things about Zach. Zach's, yeah. Zach has pretty much unfriended a, a comedian who like was like, Connor can't say this. He needs to stop doing comedy, blah, blah, blah. And Zach's like, fuck you. Yeah. He can say whatever he wants. Yeah. And they like pretty much stopped being friends because of that. Well, and, like, Zach is one of those people, because, like, you know, Zach says himself, he said it on this podcast episode, like, people forget and sometimes forget Zach was part of the old guard of comedy in Tulsa. Like, he's been here longer than some of the other people. People forget that. He's like, because there's, like, there's these cliques in town. Yeah. And there's people that were in the comedy for a few years and the people that are kind of newer. And people often forget that Zach was part of the, like, the, the older group, too. And there's this thing that I even I ran into when I first started and he still run into it where like you haven't paid your dues yet. You haven't been in here enough and you're not going to get booked. Or you get, you're too new. And I even ran into that. I've talked on here where like people are like, well, you shouldn't have so-and-so on the podcast because they haven't been in the scene enough. You should have so-and-so on the podcast. So they've been in the scene for like five years. And I'm like, well, what the fuck have they done in those five years? What are they doing with it? Like, and also are they an asshole? Are they actually coming up to me and say, Hey, I want to be on your podcast. Or is it like just them being an asshole? Yeah. And I would rather go by people putting in the fucking effort. Yeah. And Zach, doing that for me for the Josh Wolf thing. Like he, you know, he extended it out and he helped me out tremendously on that. Yeah. He's always looked out for me and uh, I beat him in a roast battle. Um, <laughs> no, but like Zach's fucking awesome. And he's like who I want to see more in this, this culture of Tulsa of like people that are supportive, no matter how long you've been in the scene. Yeah. He's amazing. You know what like, I mean? Like re really, I, I would have Zach. I'll have your children. You're an amazing <laughs> guy. He's single ladies. Yeah. Someone date him. Uh, and he's the host of Bricktown Open Mic now. Yeah, he moved up from Open Mic Hunt Club to yep. Bricktown. And dude, like he made Hunt Club what it was as far as the the Open Mic. And I'm glad that Brian has it now. Shout out to Brian Bizjack. Yeah, Brian's but, also another great yeah, guy. Yeah, great host. I felt honored. Like I've done it twice. The first one I only won one round, and then the second time I went around, I won every single round, and then I beat Zach Amon in the final. Okay. And I felt pretty proud of that. That that that, that was like. I was pretty honored to be like, that was May of this year, I think. So, like, just a few months in, and I'm, like, going head-to-head -head with Zach. And I'm like, not that I'm ever saying I'm anything we're near good as Zach. I would say like, I felt pretty honored to be on the same 
you know, contendership with him and then yeah. to be able to beat him. I was like, dude, I'm fucking proud. Like, I felt great because I love to roast. I love to riff. I love to like my favorite time, my ideal thing. I wish there was a show around that's kind of like bumping mics that David Tell would do with like Jeff Ross, mm. where it's like two comedians on a fucking stage with two mics and just fucking bump, like going back and forth. Yeah. I think that's hilarious. And like the, some of the most fun times I have is after a show, just riffing with other comedians, just smoking a joint or something like that and just riffing. And just, you know, working out material like that and brainstorming. That's the shit where I think a lot of gold is. Um, oh, yeah. We've, well, like, I have a, a small group chat with a couple of my good comedian friends. Yeah. And it's mainly, obviously, we get in some tangents. Yeah. But for the most part, it's just someone sending in a joke idea or the whole joke that they've written out. Yeah. And we all give them our, like, oh, it's funny. It's not funny. You should change this. You should change that. And we just help each other write jokes. Yeah. That's helped a lot. Like, if you ever need someone to edit your joke, like, get a good friend that you trust. It's yeah. not going to just be, like, not ignore you or whatever. Like, get some people that you trust, that you know, and have them help you edit it a little bit. See how see how they think that it should go. Because people have given me – Zach's given me a tip on a joke. He smiles at me every time I tell, like, I, I beat up my grandma because he yeah. helped me on that joke. He's like – um but yeah uh, i i suggest if you can work with other comedians yeah that also you know you guys bond over that a little bit yeah so yeah and it's also like i don't know you gotta check your ego sometimes and you know always be trying to do like improve yeah um don't think i mean i know we talked about like on character on stage stuff like that like you know proving that you're they are acting like you're the smartest person in the room and stuff but really when you're at the writing table with the other comedians and stuff it's kind of nice to you know I don't want to say level the playing field, but just to know, be humble. Yeah. Um, humility is a big thing. Absolutely. Yeah. You can't, you can't be like, oh, I'm too big for this. I'm, I made this much last year off of comedy or whatever. Like you need to know every comedian has a chance. Yeah. Maybe not every comedian, but a lot of comedians have a chance. Well, yeah. And, and you, you know, you just make more friends that way. They could kind of, you know, Back to their friends, like, hey, I helped them with that joke. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a cool thing to brag. Yeah. And, and do that kind of stuff with. Well, yeah. And it's not, you're not just trying, like, it's not like you're living vicariously for them. It's more just like it's rewarding. To, it's almost like you're teaching. You're helping coaching. You're like, you want to help root for people that you, that, you know, that you want to root for. Exactly. You want to see everybody win. It's like, it's like, yeah, I could do a podcast by myself, but like, I, I would rather do a podcast and like interview these people, like different people every week and just like, get to do more friends and like just fuck with the people that I want to fuck with. You know what I mean? And like, it also comes back to like, I don't know. At the end of the day, most of us in stand up comedian, like stand up comedy world, we're in this because a lot of us couldn't do a nine to five or we're more of the creative types that want to be doing the more artistic stuff or want to do something that's outside the box kind of stuff. Yeah. Why the fuck are we doing so many nine to five fucking thresholds and so many fucking categories and like just fucking like, I don't know, gatekeeping and all this shit. Like, we still have all this structure, you know, like, supposed to imaginary structure we're trying to build on this stuff that, like, should be more free from and just just fucking do it. Yeah. Like, uh, there, there's just some people that they don't want, because they haven't succeeded, they don't want anyone else to succeed. Yes. They, they've been stuck at, like you said, that guy who was stuck at that open mic for yeah. 15 years. Yeah. I guarantee you he doesn't want anyone else to nope. succeed. Even his friends. He he still shits on them if they yeah. succeed. I fucking hate gatekeeping. That's why. That, so, I mean, as much as you don't ever want to be in a clique, there's always a clique. Yeah. There's, it's just going to happen. And so I thoroughly enjoy the clique of comedians that yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Because we're like, you can you can say whatever you want. 
You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Just don't be an actual asshole. You can be yeah. a funny asshole. Yeah. But don't be an actual ass. Yeah. And we're good. That's like the only rule, pretty much. Yeah. Don't cause drama. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just don't cause drama. Like that's, that's the end of the day. That's all I want. I just want to be able to do my jokes and just move on. Like, and I talk about that now. Like now it's like I'm so anti gatekeeping that I just want this to be like I don't ever want this podcast to be felt like it's a gatekeeper. I don't want I want people to be involved in this. Yeah. You know, and have everybody in. But I also want to just keep building this my own section of Tulsa just to bulldoze all the gatekeeping down. Just fucking bulldoze them all down. Fuck them. Move past them. Yeah. That's why whenever I hear anyone say my name, blah, 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 I'm just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Your opinion does not mean anything to me. Yeah. Uh, so, and I still get booked. Uh, there's still plenty of people that vouch for me. Missy vouched for yeah. me on here. Missy vouched, yeah. Um, and so it's like, so obviously your opinion's wrong because all these people are vouching for me because yeah. they actually get to know me. Yeah. Know that I'm not who you think I might be. Yeah. Just because of the jokes I say. Yeah. I'll be friends with everyone, but if you get upset that I'm friends with someone else, you're the issue. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like I'm glad like I just try to weed those people out and like I don't know. I just don't have time in my day for stress like that. Yeah. Just not worth it. I got too much shit going on. Yeah. We're we're both just trying to make it out yeah. here. Just like the late singer of Smash Mouth said, you'll never shine if you don't glow. I think that was about a uh, glow-in-the-dark condom. Oh, really? Yeah. I already wrote a joke, and I told it to Trash last night, and he was like, that's fucking horrible. Well, not I didn't write it, but I just had the idea. I was like, um, <laughs> do you think the lead singer at Smash Mouth was on chemo whenever, he, like, you know, because, you know, the radiation, you'll never shine if you don't glow. He predicted his own death. <laughs> yeah. he, he, breaking news, the lead singer... <laughs> Of Smash Smash Mouth. Yeah. He predicted his own death. Yeah. He knew he was going to glow. Radiation. He was like, boom, I'm going to be dead. Yep. Pretty much. And like people, uh, uh, well, in the series, like we bonded a little bit because you responded to my Digimon post. Yeah. yeah, I, I liked it or yeah. something. I said, no uh, one else has brought up Digimon in years. People forget and nobody remembers. Like everybody thinks when they hear All Star, they think of Shrek. Yeah. All Star appeared two years earlier. On the Digimon the movie soundtrack. I have that soundtrack. The soundtrack's great. Right? Um, the Digimon the first movie. Yes. I have that movie. I think on VHS. This episode of Unloading Me is not brought to you by your favorite VPN providers such as Express or Nord or any other VPN product that is constantly bombarding you with ads on every podcast, YouTube clip, everything that you ever watch. Hell, I'm half... Exp Honestly... VPNs, you guys should just be advertising on every Pornhub site and any, any kind of adult site. Because, guys, if you're ever trying to, you know, wank one off real quick and you need to be sure, sure that your favorite cable provider is not browsing on it, hop on a VPN. And, guys, if you're tired of these fake weird ads, reach out to those VPNs and tell them to sponsor Unloading Meat. Now, back to the show. Um... Where can everybody find you, man, if they want to book the great Connor Farrow? The great Connor Farrow. Just like Alexander the Great. Yeah. I will also die at 33. Um, they, you can find me on TikTok, uh, Facebook, Instagram. It's literally just Connor Farrow. Nice. And uh, like, subscribe, share, give me money, laugh. <laughs> Full frontal nudity. <laughs> I, I, if you pay me enough, I'll do anything. Yeah. If, if you want to see what I got under here, I'll show you. Honestly, and you're accepting that as payment. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
if you're attractive. <laughs> if you show There's me that caveat. If, if you're ugly and you show me your full body, you owe me money. I just think of a pop star never stop, never stop, and whenever that guy's dick is just flat, pressed against the limo window, <laughs> and it's just right there at his face the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i just watched that like a few weeks ago too so that, oh god that movie still holds it's so good can't wait to get home and die <laughs> <laughs> well guys on that note i'm jared ralphie allen that's connor Farrow. this has been a loading meet please be sh- sure to like share subscribe everything this fat ass always asks you to at- do for at the beginning of the show and at the end of the show take care peace